Today, we will be speaking with our special guest, Tani Shaw, on finding your core purpose and using your business to give back to passion projects. You are listening to the Champion Hustle Podcast. Play to succeed in business and in life. Featuring Levi Hunsaker and Ryan Black. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Champion Hustle Podcast. My name is Ryan Black. And I'm Levi Hunsaker. And today we are joined by a very special guest, Tani Shaw. Hey, Tani, welcome. Hi, Hi, guys. Thank you. So Tani is a rock star businesswoman. This is someone who went from working in food service and oil fields to becoming a social entrepreneur focused on giving back with her for-profit business to end the global water crisis. So today we are pleased to have her joining us and we are going to learn all about what it is that she's doing and how her focus on finding her core purpose has led her to actually making a difference in the world. So uh, we are excited to have you on t- today, Tani, and we just, we got lots of questions for you. So I think let's, <laughs> just, let's just dive in and we're, yeah, this is going to be cool. So awesome, Tani, for starters, tell us, would you describe kind of how your journey has been, right? We all have our personal journeys. What has your journey looked like? as you went to kind of figuring out and defining what your core purpose was? Well, as an entrepreneur, and you guys know this as well as anybody does, your journey, just like mine, looks like a roller coaster <laughs> with a lot of ups and a lot of downs. And it's not this, this picture perfect thing that um, people kind of idolize entrepreneurship as. However, it's, it's been the most rewarding thing that I ever could have done with my life. And looking back, it's kind of crazy because, you know, like you mentioned, I worked in food service and oil field. I struggled in school and I dropped out of college. Like I didn't have the makings of anybody that was going to do something neat or give back. And to find myself where I am now, you know, really shows many years of working on myself and finding within myself, my true core purpose of what I wanted to accomplish in life. Did you feel that, you know, I I think a lot of us find ourselves that where people are encouraging us to go within the traditional paradigm, right? Of go through this, go to school, then go to college, then get your degree. And you mentioned you're a college dropout. Welcome to the club. Thank Um, you. I'm just (laughs) wondering what what was your, what was your experience? And now that's, we don't want to offend any of our listeners here. Look, Levi, you've got Hey, what do, you, what do you have against people that went to college? <laughs> You're smarter than me. <laughs> yeah, right. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of different ways to get to the same goal, right? And college education is one way that you can do that. What was your experience as you maybe were kind of following the traditional path and then you realized, you know what, this isn't working for me and you went a different route? Were you, were you faced with opposition? Did your, a lot of times family is, can, you know, and friends can be the ones that kind of are the hardest on you. What was that like for you? Yes. Oh man. Um, just as you're talking about that, I was thinking about my life. And if you had to visualize, you know, on a line, it's, it's this big, like squiggly over <laughs> and backwards and upside down. I, none of my life has been cookie cutter. Uh, I didn't do the high school thing. And then right into college, I was actually delayed. So I, delayed going to college and (laughs) dropped out in the end. What that looks like is um, I actually homeschooled for half of my schooling life. My mom, she's a rock star. I'm the six of eight kids. We all homeschooled at one point. And I was thrown into public school in uh, halfway through fifth grade. 
had to learn really fast how to socialize. And I really, really struggled for years. Like I did not know how to people. It was so embarrassing. And I finally figured it out, you know, like 10 years later, it's fine. Um, so I, I did, you know, public school for a while. And that's when, you know, it was determined, oh, Tani has some learning disability. I was failing like all of my classes. I was assigned the, the school for whatever reason wouldn't test me. They wanted to see like all F's and I had I was doing just enough extra credit to get like a D minus just above the F uh, mark. F was, stands for fantastic, by the way. So you yes, got I all fantastics. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a grade above fantastic. Yeah. So I was, I was staying after school um, like for hours with the teacher going over stuff and things just weren't clicking and major struggle bus. So the school, their generosity was assigning me to a special ed counselor which was mortifying enough because you know, you'd see this counselor with you know very seriously special needs people and then there was me because like my brain just wasn't working like everyone else and now looking back i i understood and realized that you know from eighth grade on my belief in myself was that i was stupid wow. not capable of much hand something in front of me to learn no not gonna work so I struggled through school. My mom ended up pulling me out um, to homeschool for my diploma, though I went to the public school for just elective classes to get my social fill in. And so I went at my own pace and I actually, not many people know this, I graduated high school a year later because for the first two years, uh, it was like a self-programming at your own pace. And for the first two years, I didn't touch those books at all. I don't know what I was thinking. I, I used to believe that things would just happen on their own. Finally, it dawned on me that you don't move forward in life without doing stuff. Uh, so the, the like four year cutoff was about to hit. And my mom was like, I am not extending your, your schooling and paying them anymore. You're going to finish your stuff. So I did four years worth of work in about a year and a half. <laughs> but wow. I graduated a year after my that class. That is crazy. Yeah, you know, signs of procrastinator. <laughs> Are we seeing a pattern here? So, so, so that, what was yeah. what was the turning point for you then? Because you know, you'd been, you'd been told something all your life. You'd been put into a box as, look, this is who Tani is. And then, obviously, at some point, there was there was a turning point or an aha light bulb moment. What did that look like for you? You know, I think a lot of people have that one turning point, that aha moment. For me, it was just little seeds planted along the way. If I'm being honest. And, you know, the belief that I'm stupid or not capable, this is something being real and honest, I still battle with, though I've come, you know, so far in that aspect. And um, I would say personal development was my biggest thing. And a lot of people, especially my family, I love them to pieces. We always know they're our hardest, harshest critics. And they were like, hey, self-development is woo-woo. Like, that is, we don't do that stuff. And I'm... Um, I think it was probably about five or six years ago, I was introduced um, to this company that was marketing a product that my sisters got me into, but their number one thing in front of you know, sales or whatever was personal development. And that's when I learned you know, the magic of it, if you will. And that's when it was like, there was something placed in my heart that started to grow. And looking back as a child, you know, I did lemonade stands, I walked people's dogs, I offered to take their trash out. I don't know who that child was because I'm so introverted. I don't want to talk to strangers, um, but I guess my desire to like do something big was strong enough to get me to do that. But you know, then school and jobs, 
that dreamer inside of me died. And the world started to tell me that reach for the stars, that's, that's not a thing. That's for fairy tales. You know, you finish high school, you either go to college or you get a job or you go get married. And, you know, at that point when, when it was, you know, finishing high school, do I do college? Like I wanted to like go be a nurse. Um, that's kind of where I ended up at with what I want to do with my life. But I had debilitating anxiety, so I couldn't even stay the night away from home. I couldn't be away from my parents. My world had become so small. It's like, that was kind of a no for college. And then my belief at the time was I'm stupid. I can't do school. So college, nope. Uh, and where I was at was, okay, food service is the only thing I'm qualified for. So I was living at my parents, working food service. My anxiety was so bad. I couldn't like leave town. I couldn't spend the night at a friend's house, nothing. And so by age 17, I was locked into believing that that was going to be my life. I almost quit my first job after the first three days because the anxiety was so bad. And I went into my parents' room crying and I was like, please don't make me go. Like, I can't do this. <laughs> and there, it was just so freaky. Almost like you're just going to live and, and be content with a life of mediocrity like that. Yeah. And, yep. I, and I, I want to say, I, you know, we really appreciate how open and vulnerable you're being, because a lot of times when people, I think all of us, I mean, we all have different challenges that we've faced in life. And, you know, and some of those are shared experiences and some of those are unique. But you said in there, you said, the dreamer inside of me died. The dreamer inside of me died. And I think that's something that really can resonate with a lot of people and a lot of our listeners in that we all have dreams and there's all been those people who have come or circumstances who have come that have kind of, you know, killed those dreams. But the great thing is, is you're able to kind of spark that fire again and say, you know what, I'm not going to settle for a life of mediocrity. I'm going to overcome. I am going to embrace the champion within myself and the hustle, right? Champion hustle. And I am going to overcome and, and go beyond, go beyond. So I think that's really, really cool. Thank you. That, that's an incredible story, Tani. As, as you're getting into that, that, that spot where you were at, where you just didn't have a hope for a better future, what would you say to somebody who is in that position right now, who has traumas of the past or that they haven't gotten over or they're going through it right now? That is a great question. And, you know, looking back and remembering, it's so crazy for me. It's like, I've lived all this life. I mean, I'm not some old person, but I've, I've lived all these, this life and, and gone through all these different things and so many different chapters. And it's so easy to forget where I came from and how my life used to be. You know, I was at the point at age 17, I'm 27 now, so 10 years ago, where it was okay. You know, the anxiety is too much. Like, and for me, it's um, just a little bit about my anxiety that I experience. It's not just racing thoughts. Like it's full body takeover. Uh, stomach flu-like symptoms, and there's no fix to it. And so for a, a living hell like that, it's, okay, let me not do anything that's going to push that button and get that anxiety going. So I was, okay, like, I'll just work for my dad, whatever, and I'll just live at home. But what I would say to anybody, you know, going through those things, and, you know, I've looked back, and what would I have told myself? And I wish somebody would have told me. So hopefully, I, I can have a chance right here, right now to talk to anybody that's going through, you know, their personal struggles, 
whatever it may be, and if you're feeling stuck and like there's no way forward, what I would say to you is don't give up hope. You know, hold on, push through. You are capable of so much that you don't even know. You are going to change lives that you don't even know about yet. And, you know, it's, it's something I remember always for myself is it's not over until you give up. And yeah, I have fallen down so many times. I have scraped my knees, and, but I get back up over and over and over. And I'm nobody special. You know, there's not some special genetics to me or, you know, brilliant brain, none of that. It's just, I refuse to give up because I know within myself and my soul that there are great things that I'm supposed to accomplish and lives that I'm supposed to bless and people that I'm supposed to help. So if you're going through hell, keep going. There is hope and happiness ahead. That's an incredible message. Thanks, Tony. Yeah, thank you. Now, you if, if you could distill down your core purpose into just like a few words, what would that sound like? Say my, I know that's a very loaded question. <laughs> I get all these thoughts and ideas. Yeah. Distill it down to okay. a bite, a mini fun size chocolate bar. What, what would that, what would that look like? Bite size chocolate bar. I like that. Um, now I'm hungry. Yeah. I was just going to say, now I need <laughs> Where's the craft service on this show? Um, Man, come Ryan, on. did you special de- <laughs> order like a delivery chocolate service? <laughs> No, I I would say that my core purpose in life, and it's kind of come to light within me in the last probably three, four years, you know, just before, like I started uh, my, my social entrepreneur brand and all that was, I don't know, maybe it's, I mean, I I give all the credit to, you know, above, um, you know, God, higher power, whatever it is people believe in. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, it's, it's, it's a God above. And I, I have just known over the last couple of years that, there's something special within me and I'm supposed to be a light to people to give back, to reach out and, and to lift others up. And, you know, I have found that there's many different capacities in life where I can fulfill that. Um, one of those being the company that I started to literally save lives um, for those that are less fortunate. So in some giving back, being a light and helping others. Awesome. Can, can you tell us a little bit about that organization? What is it that you do? What is your, your mission and purpose with that organization? Yeah, absolutely. So I am the founder and CEO of Kokua. The flagship product was a uh, double insulated vacuum sealed water bottle. Okay. And the whole premise with that is you buy a bottle and you give water to someone in need for life. And you don't get that with the other competitor companies. And I, I started that for a very specific reason. And it's, it's funny because just before I had started Kokua, I was, I was at a low, you know, one of my many lows in life with the roller coaster. Right. But I, I was, you know, I was, I was suckered into the, well, this is as good as life is going to get kind of mentality. I was working in an office, something I swore I would never do. <laughs> And I had hit this within six or seven months, I had hit the ceiling at that job. And it was, wait for it, it was about $12 an hour. And so for me, I was like, hey, this is, this is the end for my life. I don't, I'm (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to never be able to afford much 
and there's no upward movement and I didn't have a college degree. So that was kind of it. But I was, I was constantly you know, full of anxiety and stress and worried about money and there was the money stress. But then I also realized I wasn't happy at all where I was in life because I was not meeting that core purpose of who I am inside. And uh, basically that change that happened was I was so fed up with where I was at. It was, you know, a real talk with myself. Hey, Tawny, you're not making much money. Like you're stressed about money all the time, but you're also not able to give back because of the money shortage. You're, you're not like being who you are. And so in between my phone calls and my typing at this, this office job, it was, brainstorming sessions with myself, Kay, like, what can I do? What can I do? And honestly, since I was younger, I had this dream, this wish to start my own business, be my own boss. But as I got older, I saw there were people in need and I, and I saw like the Tom's shoes model come out where it's buy one, give one. And I, I then knew I wanted to not only have my own business, but I wanted a way to give back. And so then I kind of ran with that. Okay. How can I, how can I do this? What would be the best product? What should I give back? And I had known about the water crisis uh, for some time by that point. And I saw at that time, this was three years ago, the huge rise in popularity of the super insulated water bottles. And I was like, whoa, those are so cool. Wait a minute. Why is nobody giving back with these proceeds? Because these, these water bottles, you know, it's a 25 ounce bottle for almost $40. You'd think there'd be some good coming out of a purchase like that. And... Nice. That's where that light bulb moment hit. Why don't I allow consumers who are already buying, let them participate in something that's literally changing and saving lives. Um, a statistic that most people don't know and aren't aware is every 60 seconds, a child dies from water-related illness. And wow. you also know probably with social media, there's over 500, um, it's a million or billion users um, yeah, Instagram has 500 million daily active users. And as far as lack of clean water access, 780 million people in the world don't have access to safe water. So more people than are in Instagram don't have water. You know, I know each of us are so blessed. We got to, like we were thirsty this morning, you know, get up, go over to the faucet, to the fridge, whatever it is, you know, we've got it handy. And in these sort of third world countries where they don't have that luxury, and it is a luxury, they send the women and the children out every day to walk on average um, four miles to collect their water. And it's not clean water usually. It's dirty, it's contaminated, it makes them sick. And those are the facts of the water crisis that really hit me hard years ago. And so when I had that light bulb moment of, I want to give back, I wanna be that company that's selling water bottles, that in turn is supplying people in need with water because they don't have it. You know, they don't have any other hope except for the people that choose to get involved. And I wanted to be that. But with, with the inception of that idea, I was at the base of Mount Everest now. It's like, Hey, cool. I have no money. I have no credit. I need to go save the world <laughs> somehow. And um, so I, I learned a lot of expensive, expensive errors and trials. Um, and, hiring business consultants that I shouldn't have who just ran away with my money that I didn't have. <laughs> um, 
and I put my everything that I had and everything I didn't have into the development of Kokua. And, you know, fast forward to date, Kokua has um, worked primarily in uh, Haiti and the Dominican okay. Republic for right now. I'll be partnering with um, other water charities around the globe, but I'm very specific with who I partner with to make sure that, you know, the proceeds that Kokua is donating really gets to, you know, boots on the ground in those water projects. Because a lot of these companies that are saying, yeah, we donate to these water projects, your contribution, like five cents, gets to the water project where I wanted to make sure that my business model was one where your purchase saves one person's life. Wow. Guaranteed. And you don't get that anywhere else. So to date, thousands of people in Haiti now have water access. You know, there's villages where they learn with these water projects and uh, rain catchment tanks, sanitation and, and hygiene training and toilets and latrines, those type of infrastructure they now have in their villages. But what's so great with the charity that I've partnered with, Conebee Haiti, they do the teach a man to fish mentality. So it's not we go in and here's your donated water project. It's, hey, locals, let's do this together if you want. And sometimes they say no. And they teach the villagers and then they go and duplicate that in other villages. So really the impact is such a huge, huge ripple effect in, in changing these lives. Well, and I, and I, I really like that because, and thank you once again, thanks for sharing Your story is so inspiring. You know, business, we love business. Leave and I were big advocates of business. That's uh, right. Champion hustle. We love it. Um, but there are so many cool things that you can do when you combine your core purpose, paying it forward, making a difference in the world with some type of business model that generates revenue. We all have to eat. We all need to, you know, I mean, you got to generate revenue some way. So when you can marry those two together, that's so, so powerful. And, and so I love that, that you identified a cause that you were passionate about, something that affects all people all around the world. We really are blessed here. You know, we're in the United States. We've, and I know both of you have done a lot of traveling as well. We have traveled a lot to other countries and you really see we are so, so blessed to live in this country with all of the uh, things that it provides for us. And so clean water is absolutely, we, we take it for granted. And so that's so neat that you're able to provide that, I mean, literally saving people's lives with, uh, while providing a, a really nice uh, product for your customers. Question for you, Tani. If we have, uh, let's say, a listener that's on the line with us who is wondering, how do I figure out what my core purpose is, right? They're, they're wanting to do something to make a difference, and you obviously have found yours, but any advice or thoughts for them as far as being able to figure out so that they can you know, realize their full potential? Yeah. Uh, funny enough that you ask, I actually am in the works of a book uh, for how to bridge the gap between... Ooh. Yeah, get oh, excited. Really? Yeah. I'm um, going from wanting, keyword wanting, to be an entrepreneur, if you can say the word. Number one hardest thing about being an entrepreneur is pronouncing it and spelling, spelling it. it. Yes. <laughs> like entrepreneur. It's like channeling Spell my chef. inner French. Yeah, it's it's fun. Uh, going from entrep- uh, being a entrepreneur, as I call it, to an entrepreneur. Absolutely. Uh, but a lot of that, aside from the logistics and everything, is that self-belief. And like I've, I've told you earlier in the, 
in this uh, session here is I didn't come into this earth like, hey, I'm ready to go do something big. I'm fully capable. Like I'm really smart. I have money that I can just throw at projects. Like I don't. <laughs> and the one really hard thing when I was starting out was seeing a lot of fellow business owners that for lack of a better term, were a lot more privileged than I, whether they were tag teaming, you know, a startup company with someone or they had personal wealth or wealth in their family that was able to contribute to all those things. Um, or they're really smart and intellectual and, you know, I'm not bashing on myself. I am very smart in my own ways, but I didn't have any of those things and I was going at it solo. And so going into that, and I just want to make that point to the listeners. It's not, I was someone just ready to go to jump into business. No, my belief was I'm just going to maybe work a job like in fast food and live with my parents for the rest of my life. Like that's where I'm at. So having been that person, I am able to speak to those persons. And if you just have that desire, if you want to give back, if you want to get in line with that core purpose of who you are, if, if you want it to be a business, whatever it is, you need to understand that you are fully capable of that. So have literally have a sit down with yourself. And a lot of this came from listening to, uh, it's kind of embarrassing because nobody does this. When I was working out just prior to launching Kokua and I was kind of like finding who I wanted to be, when I would work out, I would listen to these, um, what are they being called? These kind of like mashups with like epic music and oh, yeah, the, the motivational, like motivational yeah. speaking yeah. together. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm just like you know, sweating and just like so amped. And it may sound silly, but that has an effect. It started changing the way I was thinking and then the way I was thinking about myself and then the way of thinking what is possible for me. And so I started to get pumped like, okay, yeah, like anything is possible. And then like life would hit me. Oh, maybe not. But yes. So sit down with yourself, seriously, listen to motivational speeches, music, whatever it is. And I, I encourage everyone, if you're at a point where, okay, I want to change something in my life, go into a quiet room, whatever, throw on some headphones, listen to that stuff. If you like music, I'm a huge music person. If not, let it just be quiet and still. And think, close your eyes, let yourself visualize who you are at your core and what you want to accomplish in life. And then from that moment, once you visualize where you want to go and who you want to be, hold on to that because life is going to throw everything at you to make that die and make that quiet because we are the entrepreneurs that, you know, jump outside of the regular mold, right? And so once you develop and define what your core purpose is, protect it, protect that baby because it will get attacked and decide from day one to yourself, no matter what, you are not giving up. No matter what, you are going to reach that goal. I don't care if it takes 50 years, 70, you fail 69 times, whatever, set that goal, run for it. And you will find over time that you're reaching your true core purpose. That is incredible. Thank you. You know, yeah, thanks, Tony. It's it's really, and I loved what you talked about the motivation, those motivational mashups. I've listened to those as well, and they're really cool. They're very epic, like cinematic music, and, and it's all of these sound bites from different speeches and addresses yeah. of 
it's very empowering, especially yeah, while, while working out. That's a great idea. Um, another thing is, uh, you know, spirituality can also be very powerful through, uh, you know, meditation or prayer or, you know, communion with a higher power can be, uh, can be very beneficial. Guided meditation, hypnosis, like I've done a lot of different things over the years that I found to be very, very beneficial to where, and you kind of alluded to that when you, you know, sit down, put on some headphones, but there's a lot of different things. You just need to clear, really clear your mind. Um, you know, yoga for some people can be very powerful to, to open up the mind as well. So there's a lot of different cool little tricks that you can do to unlock your mind and figure out, okay, what is it exactly that I should be doing? Because we all, we all do. We all, we all have that capability. What we're doing in this moment is so much less than our capability of what we can do, what we can, what we're capable of. We just need to get all that negativity out and all of the, the no people out of our lives and all of that influence clear the, clear the slate, as it were, so we can truly focus on what it is that we're supposed to be doing so we can bless other people's lives. Yeah, that's, that's incredible because as you talk about that, that personal development, the self-care, the meditation, the, the communion, communion with a higher power, those are all things that you need to be healthy in, in and of yourself by yourself so that you can actually go out and give back and share. Now, Tawny, you mentioned one thing. There was that snap moment, right, when, when you realized what you were going to do. And you said something very interesting to me. You said, okay, I'm here, and now there is Mount Everest right in front of me. So you mentioned you had some pitfalls. You, you dumped a, money, a bunch of money into a bunch of things as you were getting started. What are some pitfalls people can avoid as they're finding their core purpose and really taking that head on? Oh, geez, so many. Uh, as you can probably guess, a lot of those pitfalls will be going into my book. And honestly, my book alone will save people probably thousands and thousands of dollars and hundreds of hours. Because what I learned first, uh, you know, first off the bat was if you're starting a business, people are ready to take advantage of you so quickly. So I had to learn to filter through those things. Um, remind me of your question. I have ADD as well. It's fine. <laughs> I, I think that... Uh... Keeping it real. Yeah, I think that most entrepreneurs do. That, that One of the biggest things is learning how to focus as an entrepreneur. But, uh, you know, just some tips and tricks of pitfalls to avoid as you're starting to tackle that core purpose. Once you've kind of got that, you know, in your vision, in your sights, it's, okay. you're focused on it. What are things to avoid? Uh, number one, as harsh as it may sound, is close off listening to all of the naysayers and those guaranteed will be your friends and family. If you listen to any personal development or any like rah-rah speeches, motivational speeches, they, they talk about the naysayer, naysayers being those people close to you. And that's because it's not that our loved ones want the worst for us or anything. They love us. They want us to be safe. Like my mother, especially if she could put me in bubble wrap and ensure nothing would ever happen, like, risk down to here, she, she would, and she still is very concerned, you know, yeah, entrepreneurship is so risky. I just want you to be safe and secure. Um, which, you know, wasn't my path. I don't want to 
regular job and <laughs> do that stuff. But um, you know, one of the the pitfalls, if you will, uh, and I hope that doesn't sound like in a bad way, but you know, be aware that sometimes when you are running after um, a specific goal, people close to you will pull you away from that or discourage you from that. So off the bat, I recommend people just be prepared to safeguard yourself against those things. And that will help a lot because if I listened to people every time they said I couldn't do it, I wouldn't be here right now doing what I'm doing. Um, especially as a female in the business space, I hate to break it to you, but there is a huge difference in how you know other men entrepreneurs treat me and my company. Um, even to the point of the validity in their eyes, I could go on for all the, with all the questions and statements and things that they've told me, basically implying that I have no business doing what I'm doing and like even so like have you thought about putting in an LLC or you know a specific business structure like two years into, into owning my business and I was like things I don't think you would be saying that to anybody else um but so my number one would just be don't listen to the naysayers you're going to have pitfalls so don't listen to naysayers and be committed no matter what to get back up get back up get back up Failing forward. And that's the thing is, is sometimes people think that, right, they look at those who have been most successful in life and they say, wow, these people in, in any area, right, could be any area of life. It doesn't matter. They're so successful. I wish I were like that. I wish that I could do something without failing. And that is completely yeah. wrong. The people, oh, and what they don't see. Exactly. Behind the scenes. Oh, my gosh. Everyone yeah. has so much that they're battling. And, and, and the thing is, is when you look at those who have reached the highest levels of success, it's because they have failed more than everyone. Not because they haven't failed. It's because they're failing forward. The difference is we all fail. We all fail all the time. But those who are eventually successful, it's because every time they fail, they get back up again. And they say, okay, lessons learned. This is more motivation for me to continue to reach to work towards my goal. And that's the difference. It's the people who are successful or the ones who are too stubborn to give up, who, who are too committed to their goal, to their purpose. And so every single failure that happened along the way, eh, it's just part of the journey. So very, very and, valuable. And if you look at any overnight success, you don't see the years and years and years of just hard work and despair sometimes of what it yes. took to get to that point. It is an incredible amount of work, but it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you just gotta not do what everyone else does. <laughs> so say, what would most people do in this situation? I will do the opposite. And then do <laughs> I that. will not do that thing. Yeah. Do the exact opposite. Right? It's like a three-year-old. You tell them to do something, they do the exact opposite. Just think like a three-year-old. Be a three-year-old. <laughs> that is today's lesson. Be a three-year-old. <laughs> oh, this has, been, this has been great. Now, Tani, if, yeah. um, I'm sure people would love to, to follow the progress on your upcoming book and also you know, connect with you, maybe help contribute to the, to the cause of what you're doing and get to know you a little bit better. What is the best way for folks to be able to connect with you um, going forward. 
Well, great question, Ryan. Uh, as far as Kokua goes and the, the life-saving mission there that we have going on, easy peasy, just hop on the internet and go to mykokua.com. And that is spelled- How do you spell, yeah, how do you spell Yeah, it? Kokua is spelled K-O-K-U-A. So my, M-Y-K-O-K-U-A.com. Um, and okay. Kokua is actually a Hawaiian word, uh, meaning coming together, providing aid and helping each other out which I selected very specifically as a representation of, of our mission with Kokua. And we will be dropping that link down below in this video. Yes. Thank you guys. So, awesome. yeah, that's incredible. Thanks for sharing your journey with us, Tani. Um, we have really enjoyed learning and the, the positivity and the ability that you have to communicate and help people is just inspiring. Thank you so much. So with that, this is the end of this episode. So if you guys want to connect with us on the Champion Hustle podcast, go ahead and go to youtube.com and search for Champion Hustle. We've got a channel on there and there's more information on there on how to connect with us on other places as well as our website, championhustle.com. And next week, we have some incredible content for you. We are going to be going over mindset hacks for success thanks everybody thank you for joining us on this episode of the champion hustle podcast for more great content and to join our online community visit us at championhustle.com mm-hmm.